Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. There's various motivations that people have for getting involved in ministry at our local abortion center. In this episode, we examine some of those motivations, and then we look at what we believe should be our primary motivation for ministry. Stay tuned. Send me, Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And as always, we appreciate if you guys would share this podcast with others on show, social media, um, however else you would share things like that. We uh, just want to be a blessing to people. We want to equip people, we want to encourage people, specifically um, folks that are involved in sidewalk ministry at abortion centers. But in any area of pro life ministry, we want to uh, we want to help equip and encourage people. Amen. This is a uh, a necessary battle mm-hmm. that we as believers need to fight, and we want people to be well-equipped to fight this battle in a way that honors the Lord. Yes. And so we're going to talk in this episode about a very important topic as it pertains to any kind of ministry, but in particular, the uh, sidewalk ministry in front of abortion centers. Right. And that's our motivation for ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I think, really, this podcast, this episode could apply to any area of ministry, but since our area of ministry is sidewalk counseling at abortion centers, we're going to focus on that. But right. hey, listen, if you've got other folks um, that you know, maybe they're not ministering as of yet in front of an abortion center, but they're ministering in other capacities. There's all kinds of things that God calls his church to do, not just abortion center ministry, although we feel like that's, um, I would say, the most important ministry, <laughs> just not because we're involved in it, because children are dying. Yeah. Um, but not to go on a rabbit trail with that. I think this will be a blessing to people in all areas of ministry. So please do share it. And uh, we'll give you guys, as we always do, our email addresses at the end. If you have things that you want to add or things that you subjects you want us to cover, maybe a different angle to this subject that uh, you think would be a blessing. We'd certainly love to hear that from you. But let's jump into this, Vicki. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our desire is that if someone decides they want to minister on the sidewalk of an abortion center, that they're in it for the long haul. And we see so many people disappear so quickly, fall away because of discouragement. And I think a large part of that discouragement arises from what was their motivation for for being out there. Absolutely. So if you can identify early on what your motivation is, and if it's one of them that we say is, okay, we understand it, yeah. But it's not going to be the one that's going to sustain you. Maybe you can realign your priorities of why you are yeah. out there. Yeah. That was the purpose of, yeah. of writing this article. So uh, the the first one that I think everyone can identify with as a motivation, and I think all these we're going to mention, all of us have all of these motivations if we're out on that sidewalk. Mm-hmm. But I guess in a, in a way, what, what we're trying to point out is it can't be your primary motivation right. um, until we get to the last one. Yeah. That should be what, and we're not going to tell you what that is till the end. So yeah, you listen to you the whole, to stay whole podcast. That's right. But so the first one is just the horror and grief of abortion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we should be understanding the truth of what abortion actually is. We should be horrified by it. Yeah. It should, it should, burden our hearts it should mm-hmm. grieve our hearts mm-hmm. because it grieves the heart of god yeah i mean what are we actually talking about because 
we can get ourselves into all kinds of, I think I've shared this on podcasts before, um, because we can get ourselves in all kinds of mindsets and we can, we could, uh, we could forget like what we're actually talking about. And I had a, a situation uh, a couple of months ago, maybe a year or so ago, where this kind of came to bear for me. Mm-hmm. And it was when I was going through our pamphlet, our Hope is Here pamphlet that we right. hand out at the abortion centers. Yeah. And I was kind of refining the part in the middle, that panel that talks about abortion procedures, right? What happens in yeah, an abortion. Yeah, what happens in an abortion. Right. So yeah. we have at different stages of development yeah. and also the different types of abortions. The cost. Yeah. And so yeah. we have all of that there. As I'm going through, I get toward the end of it when I'm doing you know, third trimester abortion and kind mm-hmm. of explaining what's going on there and trying to really be technical about it, because I think it's important for us to know these things and yeah. use technical terms, but also practical terms that people can relate to and all of that. And I just stopped kind of in, in mid sentence when I was kind of refining one point and I, I began to think, OK, what am I what am I writing about? Yeah. And it, it came just fresh to my mind. I'm I'm writing and I'm getting technical and not that it's bad or anything like that, but just let me not lose the reality of what I'm actually talking about. That I'm not just talking about abortion as a medical procedure, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about the murder of innocent children. Right. And in that moment, it was, and I think this this happens and should happen to us on a regular basis, where we're reminded because we can lose the grasp of what we're really dealing with, and it can become technical, and it can become just just another ministry or just another aspect of our walk with God or something right. like that. Right. We need to be gripped with the horror of abortion. We do, and if but if we stay there, if we stay gripped continually. While we're on the sidewalk several hours a day, sometimes several days a week, for many people just one day a week. But nonetheless, if that's what we are experiencing predominantly while we're out there, we will burn out. Oh, yeah. Because you cannot sustain that level of horror and grief for very long without just being drained of everything inside of yeah. you. So there has to be something that I, I think what what you pointed out. I do think that needs to be revisited on a regular basis yeah. for anyone who's involved in sidewalk ministry, but it can't be where we live. Right. Because if that's where we live, we're, we are going to be just so sad yeah. all the time. The first day most people come out, they cry. They often try to fight their tears. And I always say, no, this is appropriate. Yeah. You should be crying. You should be grieving. But, um, but then you need to get to work. God has given you a purpose out here, and it's very hard to complete that if you're overwhelmed by grief. Yeah, yeah. And so, as we mentioned, we should be horrified. We should be grieved by abortion. But it cannot be our primary motivation, and it cannot be, and it is not a sustaining motivation. And I will submit that people that I have had experiences with in this world of ministry that have kind of gone off the rails and just become almost like nutcases have been people that their motivation and their, their daily thought is the horror of abortion. Right. And so I'll say we cannot be motivated and should not be motivated by the horror of abortion, but the beauty of Jesus. Abortion is a terrible thing. And I do think it needs to be in I don't want to say in the peripheral, but at least a motivation, but it cannot be the primary motivation. Now, I'll even say 
for those that are involved, we can become desensitized to the reality of abortion. Mm -hmm. And so I do think, like you mentioned, and like I mentioned earlier, that we need to revisit this. We need to be gripped afresh by it. Yeah. And I do think we need to, I mean, I want, I, I make myself on a regular basis look at the graphic images of mm-hmm. abortion. Mm-hmm. I don't like looking at those, but I need to be reminded of what we are allowing as human beings. Yeah, that it, it really does grieve the heart of God. Yeah. But again, I cannot, I cannot stay there. I cannot dwell on that constantly, mm-hmm. or my heart will be consumed just with the horror of abortion rather than the glory of Jesus. Right. And you speak out of, um, in all of these things, you are going to speak out of what your motivation is, and it does change your tone. I think your tone is dependent on which one of these are your primary motivation. And we talk a lot about how the tone is critical, Yeah, maybe more so than even the words that we use as we're out ministering. So then we come to the second one, um, the desire to help the moms in hard circumstances. Yeah. A great desire. Absolutely. A great motivation. We're called to do that. Yeah. Without a doubt, it's biblical. Yeah, it's a biblical motivation for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, no one who ministers in front of an abortion center is out there very long before they realize that uh, quite often these moms really don't even want our help. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they, they are angry. Um, they are often very um, abusive towards us in, in their language and even threatening. Um and um, their stories are often very tragic. Yeah. But but most of the time, what I have found is, yes, there are in some cases things that they could not prevent, that they could not help. But I would say in the vast majority of the cases, it's been a series of very poor anti-God choices yeah. that have led them to that place. Yeah. And, um, and their circumstances are often so terrible that it would take truly a trained team of social workers, um, community resources to be able to help them. And if your primary motivation is that get these moms out of these hard circumstances, you'll fail. Yeah. You will fail. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times they don't want to be out of those hard circumstances. I think personally, and I know you've experienced this before, Mm -hmm. about domestic abuse situations. Yes. We've encountered those. We did podcasts about those. And it's as strange as it sounds, we have dealt with women who are in domestic abuse situations. Mm-hmm. And we've done everything we can to try to get them out of those situations, even find like safe houses and stuff like, like that. And it's almost like drug addiction where yep. they go back to the man. Yep. That doesn't always happen, but it, it happens oftentimes. Yeah. And if your motivation, your primary motivation is to help these poor, innocent women in their circumstances, and you find out very quickly that they don't want your help, mm-hmm. that they're even though you got them out of that domestic abuse situation, they're just going to go right back into it. You're going to get deflated real quick. Right. You're going to get discouraged real quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to find yourself <laughs> no longer involved in ministry. Now, right. again... It doesn't mean that this can't be a motivation. A love for other people mm-hmm. should be a motivation as believers in Jesus, but it can't be our primary and sustaining motivation. Right. And I think love life coming along uh, has really helped in this area because they really are two separate areas. Sidewalk, being out there on the sidewalk, trying to convince moms not to kill their baby, and 
than providing for the ongoing needs that will help make a, an honest life change. Yeah. And Love Life provides mentorship programs and training for mentors so that the sidewalk counselor really doesn't need to be doing that. Right. In fact, shouldn't be doing that because it, it's too much. Yeah. So yeah, um, get you burned out for sure. You, you do. And, I, you know, I know one story of, of a woman that we've helped many times over the years, I fully furnished her. It was before she started, before Love Life came along. So I, I was kind of her mentor. And um, I can remember at least three separate times when she got a new apartment, lost the old one, needed new furniture, and we got it. We got yeah. her the furniture. We got her washer, dryer, and everything. And then she loses the apartment, and I have no idea what happened to all those that stuff. Yeah. But it disappears, and we're yeah. just doing it over and over and over again. And that is not unusual. The yeah. cycle of poverty is very hard yeah. to, to break out of. So um, so anyway, so it's a, we should desire to help moms, but like you said, it should not be our prime yeah. reason for why we're out there. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've experienced in just seeing new people come along and some of the questions I ask and even in the applications that we um, get people to fill out, like, what do you feel? Why do you feel called to this ministry? And I don't, I don't marginalize people and I don't write them off in, if they write certain things, but I can tell if they write, you know, why are you, why do you feel called to this ministry that, you know, I want to help these poor women who, who right. need someone to be there. Right. I think we we kind of zero in on that and we make sure that, yeah, that, that's a good motivation. It might bring you out there, but it's not a sustaining motivation. And we try to direct them toward actually our primary motivation is um, what we're going to talk about at the we're end. We're not going to give that away. We're not going to give it yet. Keep... <laughs> um, it's not a big, keep big that surprise. Under wraps. Yeah, we're going to keep it under wraps. <laughs> um, but when I read that kind of stuff, or even like my wife, who's an um, ultrasound nurse. Right. She has nurses that come along who want to get trained up to do ultrasound, and they kind of have this idea that they're going to show up with the awesome power of ultrasound, and they're going to change the world, and all these women are going to flock to them for free ultrasounds. And right. They're going to choose life because right. of the ultrasound and all of that. And it's like, well, that's cute. Yeah. But you're going to find out you're going to do ultrasounds on women who don't necessarily want the ultrasound, but for whatever reason, they came on board the mobile ultrasound unit. Yeah. And but they're not very happy with you. Right. They're not really happy with some of the things you're saying. Now, right. thank God that most of the time, by the time we get them on the ultrasound unit, their hearts are softened and all of that. Right. But if you think you're going to show up with the power of ultrasound, or you're going to show up with the power of your your, your voice and these poor little innocent women are going to just flock to you. I'm, I'm going to say you're going to be sadly disappointed. You are going to be discouraged. They don't necessarily. <laughs> they now, don't. Again, we, we've we shared stories. With her. There are plenty of women that come that are just looking for someone to share with them. And they're yeah. praying for a sign and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not not to discount that. But so many more are, are there and they don't want to hear from you. And you've got to have another. You've got to have a some other thing sustaining you to be out there rather than just uh, a love for the women and right. even love for the babies. Right, right. And um, and we're actually going to get to that as a motivation, the love yep. of the baby as opposed to the love of it. But, but not yet. Our, our, our next one, and this one um, I have seen maybe people burn out the quickest with oh, this yeah. one, political beliefs. Yeah. Your political beliefs are your motivation. You belong to one party or another. Yeah. Uh, you feel that party is the salvation. It, it's it's that party is what's going to change the face of abortion. And you're the type that your political beliefs then 
make you believe that if you can just change the law, if you can just outlaw abortion, yeah. abolish abortion, if you can just limit abortion, whatever. And, you know, I don't want to get into the argument of abolishing versus um, uh, incrementalism. We, we have done a podcast on that. Yeah. But that you think it belongs in the political realm. There is a political solution and you join the political group groups and your presence on the sidewalk sometimes looks more like a political rally than like a sidewalk ministry. Maybe you have tracks that you're handing out that are pointing you to city council meetings or, and none of those things are bad. Please understand that's not what I'm saying. But if that is your primary motivation, again, what happens when your party loses? What happens when the laws don't go the way you want? And what I have seen as a result of this kind of a motivation is great division, bickering, and name-calling. If you don't fit the political agenda of whoever, yeah. so it, again, can become greatly discouraging and follows the cycle and the flow of yeah. politics. Yeah, absolutely. And just practically speaking, listen— if especially here in Charlotte, but I think this is this rings true across the nation. Yeah, the women that we're reaching out to at the abortion centers, yeah, are typically African American women, um, low income people, right? Mm-hmm. And they would typically not align themselves. Let's just face it; what we're talking about is Democrats versus Republican. Right. If your motivation is to advance the Republican Party, right, and you're you're talking about that on the sidewalk, that's you know, you whatever you're mentioning politicians' names. You're going to shut the conversation down real quick. You come and you show up at an abortion center with your Donald Trump T-shirt or your Make America Great Again hat. Right. And uh, it's not going to go over so well with the people that you're desiring to reach if your desire is to reach the women going into the abortion center. Yeah. And the the things that you hope to change. And but that's what I when I'm saying political beliefs, I also mean whatever you feel needs to be changed in society. The sexual revolution, the um the Black Lives Matter, the whatever it is, if that becomes your agenda out there and you start to wear t-shirts for example that that have slogans it is going to put a wall up yeah. between most of the people that you're trying to reach, your your agenda may be a wonderful agenda, but it's not the time or place yeah. for that on the sidewalk of an abortion center. Yeah. Um, if especially if if you examine, well, what do I hope to achieve out here? Do I hope to achieve some sort of societal change in this movement that I feel is going the wrong way, or do I hope to honor God and speak for the unborn? children right. yeah. and change the minds and hearts of people bent on abortion. Yeah. Yeah. I've had just a, kind of a funny story. I don't mm-hmm. know if you were there and this happened, but we had somebody show up on the sidewalk on a Saturday with a Donald Trump flag. Oh like, dear. Like waving the Donald Trump flag. <laughs> Can't listen, imagine how that I, went. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get into all of that. I mean, <laughs> Donald Trump, whatever. Right. But I don't care if, Donald Trump was the ba- greatest politician that ever lived. Right. Being out in front of an abortion center and waving some politician's flag, it's just not the place for it. If you think about it, the difference, and we never say protesting is bad. I don't think like, political rallies, all that stuff. That stuff's great. Do that. Right. Right. It's just not the place for it in front of an abortion center. Right. Because with those things, what are you trying to do with a political rally or with a protest? You're trying to appeal to people in positions of power. 
people who can influence society at large, right? That's what you're trying to do in a protest. You're trying to influence society at large. At an abortion center, when you're doing sidewalk outreach, you're not trying to influence the, the powers that be. You're trying to influence individual mothers to choose life for their babies. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point for um, your your motivation becomes very individualized. Yeah, it, it needs to be looking at each and every woman walking in there and how can I best reach them? Yeah. It's definitely not going to be wearing a or get fly, flying a Donald Trump flag. I yeah. guarantee that. Yeah. Yeah. So so you'll burn out. You'll burn out quickly if that is your motivation because you'll recognize probably right away what's going to happen is you're going to incite anger. Yeah. In fact, fury. I think if people – if the angriest I see the pro-abortion crowd and the mothers going in is when people show up with a political motivation. And they tend to be the angriest people yeah. that I have found in my experience being on the sidewalk. Yeah. You're talking about the angriest people on our side? On our those? side, on the pro-life okay. side. They tend to, in my experience, I could be wrong, but they seem to be the most angry. Yeah. Because they have, you know, I think quite often I, I would agree with what their anger is stemming from. I, I do feel that there are some really terrible things happening to our society, not just abortion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but – my anger is not going to draw those women out of that place. Yeah, sure. And and so that then we had talked earlier, so desire to help the mom, but then the next big desire, which is an outflow of that, is the compassion for the baby. Yeah. And actually, the mom is sometimes your enemy. Well, I guess always, in a sense, because her being there is saying, I'm going to kill the baby. Yeah. And so she is your enemy in terms of your agenda if is compassion for the baby that's your motivation right which is i mean god bless you you should have compassion for the baby what's gonna happen to them is terrible yeah so i would say just these two are very closely tied together actually the helping the moms and helping the baby now in the situation with the mom obviously the mom is ultimately she's we've laid this out before she's the judge Mm-hmm. And when that ab- abortion takes place, if that abortion takes place, then she's a perpetrator of the crime as right. well. Right. Not just the abortionist, but she's guilty before God as well. Um, but we have to, of course, have compassion for her, understand her circumstances. We've talked about that. But the innocent victim, the innocent person in this whole scenario is the baby That's for right. sure. Right. right? And so we have to have compassion, and this really is a biblical motivation, compassion for the innocent. You look throughout the whole Scripture, Mm -hmm. and you'll see very plainly God is for the innocent, and those who are for God should be for the innocent, should be for protecting the innocent. The reason why God judges nations is because they don't take care of the innocent. They don't take care of the orphan and the widow. God judged the nation of Israel for that that very thing. Right. And so as the people of God, we certainly should have, as a motivation, compassion for that baby. Yes. No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, listen, basic Christianity 101, Luke chapter 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. the man in the ditch, right? This this is, this is baby right. is the person in the ditch. And they can't speak for themselves. They yeah. can't run away. 
They are they, unlike uh, the other vulnerable people groups in our past that have been annihilated, they truly have no avenue of escape. Not that the other vulnerable groups did um, easily have escape, but they were out of the womb. Yeah. They could run. <laughs> they, yeah. could, they could scream. They could they could raise something in their defense, yeah. even if it's just a, a, a scream. But the baby can scream in the womb, but no one can hear it. Right. And so it is, I mean, again, it kind of goes back to that first one, the horror of abortion, very similar. If your motivation is out of compassion for the baby, which is an important motivation, it can't you, that can't be absent. But if it's the primary motivation, the sad and horrific truth is most of those babies are going to die. Yeah. So again, you're going to be filled with such overwhelming grief and sense of failure if that's your motivation. Because no matter how wonderful a counselor you are, most of the babies are going to die. That is just the sad truth right, of what yeah. happens out on the sidewalk. Yeah. I'll give you an example, kind of an extreme example of where this can really derail you. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we're, we are not saying this shouldn't be a motivation. This absolutely right. should be a motivation. Yeah. It just cannot be your primary motivation. Yeah. And in all of these, I think we're saying... In some measure, these need to be a motivation. Right. It just cannot be your primary motivation. Right. So there was a story, and I, I believe I may have shared this several times, <clears throat> but it's a story that just kind of sticks out in my mind. And this is maybe, I don't know, six, seven years ago, where there's a young lady who came on board the mobile ultrasound unit. Mm-hmm. She was pregnant with twins, 18 weeks along. Wow. And uh, the counselor and the nurse poured into this mom. Every reason why she came to the abortion center, every struggle that she had, they gave her a corresponding resource. We're going to help you. You're not alone in this thing. So there, there is every reason for her to choose life for her And baby. I'm sure they saw the baby on the ultrasound, oh, which absolutely. at 18 weeks, I mean, you can see everything. Yeah. Well, again, she was a mother of twins. And twins. So twins. She okay, saw so two both of those of babies on the ultrasound. Yeah. Very clearly. At that point, you could tell whether or not they're boys and girls. All of that, they gave her, again, every reason to choose life, going to walk with her. And, of course, out of compassion for those babies and a love for her, they're pouring everything into her. Right. But at the end of the day, she stepped right out of that mobile ultrasound unit, walked right into the abortion center, and killed those twin babies. 18 weeks. Yeah. Now, you think about that. How did that feel to the counselor? who poured everything they could to, into that mother, who, right. who visually was in the room when those babies were on the ultrasound screen. There's no denying that these are human beings, right? right. There's no denying that for everyone who was in that room, including yeah. the mother. Yeah. How does that feel for the nurse? Right. Now, I'll tell you what can happen in those situations mm-hmm. um, is self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Am I even called to this ministry? Mm-hmm. Um, is this ministry even effective? Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's the things that the devil wants to play in your mind and our flesh right. plays in our mind. Oh gosh, I should have said this. If I if I would have did this, if I wouldn't have did that, then she wouldn't have walked out of this this mobile ultrasound unit and killed those babies. There's all these things that can come. Yeah. And even like the potential to neutralize you from this battle. If mm-hmm. you if your only motivation or if your primary motivation is a love for those babies and you're seeing things like that take place, yeah. then you're going to be quickly neutralized and you're not going to be on the sidewalk anymore. Yeah. Now, no matter what your motivation is, 
there's not a person alive who wouldn't be grieving when yeah, that oh, when that when that mom yeah. wa- walks off of that um, uh, mobile ultrasound unit. I've I've been there. I know. I've I had a similar situation. I didn't. We didn't see the baby, but I spent. I don't know, half an hour pouring car side into someone just last week. And I really gave everything I knew to give, including um, descriptions of the baby. They were fairly far along and talking about what that baby could and couldn't do and the development of that child. And um, and they went in anyway. Yeah. They drove away at first and then circled back. And, and um, so there was then the hope that they had changed their mind and then they circled back and they told me they'd changed their mind, but they circled back. And, um, and I, I just felt, I, I felt like collapsing. Yeah. I was so worn out from that battle, that spiritual battle. And that's a, that's a natural response, no matter what yeah, your motivation course. is. And we are all going to be discouraged and sad when that happens. But because I hope and pray my primary motivation is one of these ones we're going to get to at the end. Um, I was able to recover from it. I yeah. was able to get past it, let it go. No, this was it. It's what happens. Yeah. It it happens, and it wasn't my fault any more than if they had chosen life, it would have been my victory. Right. So, um, so it's it's not a bad motivation, and we should grieve when they walk in there, and that baby that we have fought for so hard um, is killed anyway. But it, you will you will be. Quickly, I love the word derailed. They, Satan yeah. will derail you from your mission yeah. if that is why you're out there. Yeah, yeah. If that is the primary, the primary. reason why yeah. you're out there. Yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about, and you know, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. So anger is not a bad thing right? in, in every situation. But one of the motivations that I've seen, and I've seen others um, come out there, the primary motivation is anger at the murder of the innocents yeah. and really a desire for justice. Right. We should want justice. Mm-hmm. We should desire for people who are doing evil to be held to account. Right. We should be angry. Listen, Planned Parenthood is a wicked entity. We should hate Planned Parenthood, not the people. I don't think as believers we have the allowance to hate people. Mm-hmm. But everything that they stand for, mm-hmm. we should hate. Mm-hmm. Everything Planned Parenthood stands for, we should hate. Right. Um, the fact that they're involved in, just as an entity, the murder of more human beings than any other entity on the face of the planet. Right. We should be angered at that. The fact that we as a society, moving on from Planned Parenthood and abortion centers and all that other stuff, but just as a society, political systems, talking again about a political motivation, yeah. the Democrat Party being as wicked and pro-abortion as they are. Yeah. We should be angry at that. Mm-hmm. We should want justice. Mm-hmm. We should pray that God brings justice. We should pray that God would grant repentance to mm-hmm. the people that are in positions of power, you know, Democrats and Republicans alike, right, mm-hmm. who are pro-abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it can be, in some sense, a motivation, you know, be angry and sin not. We should be angered. We should be stirred up over injustices. Yeah, well, seek justice. Seek justice right. is over and over a, a yeah. phrase in the Bible. And we are made in the image of God, and God is a just God. He yeah. is a God of justice. So the desire for justice for that child um, is is an important biblical motivation. But again, just like in all of those other ones, the reality is most of the time— what we're going to see on that sidewalk is 
injustice yeah. appearing to win. Yeah. Yeah, and so if our primary motivation is justice mm-hmm. and we're not seeing justice day by right. day, right. we're going to get derailed. Yeah. We're going to yeah. get deflated. We're going to get yeah. discouraged. Yeah. And so the or reason we're why— we're going to be bitter. I and, think yeah. a, a word we haven't used um, up, to, up to this point, and I think it's critical because I see it's—I do see it. I see it creeping in easily, a root of bitterness at what you face because you're, you're so angry. There's so much injustice. There's so much horror that in— you begin to be filled with bitterness. Yeah. And if you're filled with bitterness— that's what comes out of you. Right, yeah. And if that's what comes out of you, guaranteed, that's what the women are hearing, and that's not what they need to be hearing. Right, yeah. That's not going to change their hearts. Yeah, yeah. We're, in in one sense, not offering them anything more than they already have. If They're already, already bitter, bitterness. angry, yeah. yeah, overwhelmed. They know They know life hasn't been just for different reasons. They don't always connect that they're being unjust right. towards that child. But, um, but yeah, so so justice, frankly, is not going to be served here on earth, right? Yeah. I mean, in some ways it will be. In some ways our hope is when abortion comes to an end that these abortionists are brought to justice and people that um, are involved in abortion. We, we want justice. We should desire justice. I yeah. believe that's a godly desire. Our desire for justice, listen, even people that are, that are godless, even so-called mm-hmm. atheists. Yep. There's a sense of justice that they desire, yeah. right? And we should never stop fighting for justice. Right. We should we should desire justice. And the Bible says, seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Right. We should seek yeah. justice yeah. as people who um, believe in, I believe in the rule of law. I believe yeah. that God establishes nations with a certain justice system. I believe all of that stuff. But ultimate justice is not going to happen until Jesus Christ establishes his kingdom and uh, and he's he's the just judge. He's the right. just king. Right. So we should desire justice. We should have as a motivation justice and desire for justice for these babies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it cannot be our primary motivation because, like you said, when we don't see it day after day after day, we can become embittered. And I've encountered people like that. Yes, I have too. Wonderful people who yeah. are committed Christians, love the Lord, but their their focus has derailed them. They yeah. have become bitter rather than motivated what we think are better motivations. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen that not just kind of like a bitterness against society, mm-hmm. a bitterness against government entities or whatever, but I've seen it manifest in a bitterness against the church. Yes. Right? The church yes. should be involved in this right. battle. Right. The right. church should be like we should be the 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 drivers behind pro-life ministry, saving babies, Ending abortion, and yet the church has not been, sadly. I think we can recognize that. And I've seen people in this realm of ministry become bitter against the church because of that injustice, because the church is not seeking justice and loving mercy and walking humbly before their God in this area. Right. And it manifests itself in bitterness toward the church. People withdraw themselves from the church. Mm-hmm. All they talk and think about is abortion mm-hmm. and how bad the church is. We're not doing anything about abortion. Mm-hmm. And and they get theologically and then just experientially derailed. Yeah. And they become people that, that you just don't really even want to be around. Right. I think the ultimate end of that, if it, it, if it, that person dwells in that too long becomes bitterness towards God. Yeah, they, oh, absolutely. Because ultimately they say, why God? 
why and and there are many many great people of the Bible, great saints of the Bible who call out why God, why are you not ending this now? But and they do. I mean, there's plenty of people in the Bible that that um, that call out to God, saying why. Yeah. Um, but if that's where they stay, then it just becomes um, a complaining, bitter spirit, and an anger at God, a yeah. bitterness towards God. A la- honestly, a lack of trust and faith that He has a plan, and we may not like how we're seeing it played out. Um, But we do have to trust that he ultimately is the one that will bring justice and is in control. Yeah. And that bitterness is not going to serve us well. Yeah. Yeah. You see in some of the Psalms, you mentioned about people that cry out, why God? Yeah. And you see in the Psalms, David does that very, very. Frequently. Yeah, very frequently. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But typically in those Psalms where he starts out with why God, why have you forsaken me and all of this. Yeah. It will end with sort of like a, a reconciliation in his mind that. You're good, God, and yeah. I trust you. Yeah, and that's yeah. certainly you know as we're crying out to the Lord, um, any attitude of bitterness toward God is is unfounded, right? And then right. needs to be reconciled with the truth of who He is and the fact that we need to trust Him. Yeah, and like you said, when we get in this kind of being our primary motivation, this desire for justice and anger against injustice and all of that, yeah, um, bitterness is is a horrible thing that spreads like a cancer throughout people, and it's designed to destroy people. It, and it will destroy teams. I have seen it where one bitter person speaking out bitterly can kind of poison the attitude of everyone around them. Yeah. Um, because everyone, the bitterness, the injustice is there. All of us are feeling it and all of us want it to end. So that bitterness can spread like a cancer among your team members. And it can it can destroy a ministry yeah. if that becomes too prevalent. And I think sometimes it does. Yeah. So now we're getting into the good stuff. Yeah. Now we're coming to, I, I separate them out. They're really not separate, but I do separate out the last two motivations, which we think are the motivations that are sustaining. Yeah. And that will ultimately really should be our primary motivation and should be our primary. And all of the other motivations should really come under the umbrella of, of these two. That's right. And the first is biblical conviction. Right. As believers in Jesus, mm-hmm. if we can't point to Scripture mm-hmm. as to why we do what we do and, uh, and, and, and how we do what we in do. In every area of life, right? In every area of mm-hmm. life, then we're off base. That's right. We need to see what does the Bible say. Yes. And so if the Bible, like some claim, says nothing about abortion, then should I even be involved in, in this ministry? Yeah. As a matter of fact, though, the Bible says a whole lot about abortion. Yeah, doesn't use the word, but, use but the word abortion, obviously but... uses the concept over and over oh, and over of course, again yeah. of killing the innocent. Yeah. yeah. And so we see that, and mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're angered at the injustice because God is. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking to one of the pro-aborts, which I, I don't do on a regular basis. Or I try not to, and yeah. I don't let them be a distraction. You guys mm-hmm. know that. Because they're be not a our mission. Focus. But right? I, was, I was sharing with one of the pro-aborts just Saturday about my motivation. I, I was talking to her about her motivation, just mm-hmm. pointing out to her, your obvious motivation is not because you love and care about these women or you wouldn't be saying some of the things that you're saying, acting like you're acting because mm-hmm. you're not helping the women that are going into the abortion mm-hmm. center. And so you need to check your motivation. Mm-hmm. And she talked about motivation for me. Mm-hmm. And I said for her, my motivation, listen, if, if I wasn't a believer in Jesus, 
I could care less about these babies. I could care less about these right. women. In my selfishness and in my mm-hmm. sin, I could care less about other people. Yeah. Because God has transformed my heart and he's given me his word, the revelation of who he is in his word and what he desires. Mm-hmm. His desires by his grace have, have become mine. So mm-hmm. I care deeply about these women. Mm-hmm. I care deeply about these babies, but mm-hmm. only because of who God is in my life. Mm-hmm. Apart from him, what do I care? Yeah. I'm a selfish individual, just like that pro abort. Because really, that's right. uh, my point with her was your motivation is is really self righteousness. It's yeah. really to try to cover up your own sin and your own past, mm-hmm. and really to to push your own agenda. Mm-hmm. You don't care about those women. You care about yourself. Right. That's my point there. And I would be just like that mm-hmm. if it wasn't for God and how He changed my heart through His Word. Right. And and so we we look to His Word when we're we're when we're motivated by biblical conviction. We are looking to His Word. Yeah. So the the Word is filled with action verbs. I think we've yeah. mentioned this before. Speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Hold back those on a path of destruction. Yeah. Um. You know we've we've taught the parable of the Good Samaritan. Get them out of the ditch. Get get them ongoing help. So, um, our motivation, our actions. Follow that motivation of what does the Bible tell us to do. Yeah. But then that leads kind of inseparable from the final motivation. Biblical conviction is absolutely a very good motivation. Yeah. But I think there's one. I kind of parse it a little and say there's one that I, that you were certainly alluding to that is the strongest motivation, and ultimately that is the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. And. What we mean by that is not just like generally the love of God should be your motivation, but a love for God. Right. Matthew chapter 22, mm-hmm. verses 37 through 40. Uh, this is uh, a man asking Jesus, what is the greatest command? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Mm-hmm. This this is it. This mm-hmm. is the thing above all things. If you want to know what what God wants, here's what he wants. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Mm-hmm. And then he said the second is like it. So Jesus is saying these two are very closely tied together, mm-hmm. right? As a matter of fact, I would say you can't have one without the other. You can't you can't properly love your neighbor, mm-hmm. those babies, those women. You can't properly love your neighbor until you love God first, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because you'll get the cart before the horse and, and things will be out of whack. Right. But you can't say that you love God if you're not doing I mean, John talks about this in First John. How are, you, how are you going to say you love God and don't love your brother practically, right? So mm-hmm. to say that you love God, that's what the Pharisees did. Yeah, we love God above all things. And they rejected their neighbor. They neglected their duty to their neighbor. So these are very closely tied together. So he says the first, this is the first and great commandment, love God. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these yeah. two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So all that, that God has written, if you wanted to sum it up, it'd be summed up in this. Love God and love your neighbor. Right. But notice that there is a primary motivation here. Mm-hmm. There's motivations. Love your neighbor is a motivation. We should. Mm-hmm. Um, but the primary motivation is love God. That's right. Because a, a true, again, a true and a proper love for your neighbor will flow out of a love for God. And that's... Really, I think when you get into people who are okay with violence against abortionists, mm-hmm. um, it's because likely mm-hmm. they've they've 
put the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. They've they've thought about those babies. They've thought about um, what those babies suffer more than they've thought about what God actually says. Because yeah. God never gives us an allowance to commit acts of violence to um, to to make things right in the way that we think we should. Yeah. We have the gospel. We're supposed to bring the gospel. And that's that's what God in his word has called us to do. Mm-hmm. And because we love him, that's going to be the weapon that we wield, right. the gospel, the word of God. Right. You get the cart before the horse. In the same way, you can get the cart before the horse. It, it, it manifests itself in really two ditches. Mm-hmm. And the other ditch is let's just let's just not talk about God and let's just really be women focused. Let's mm-hmm. be woman focused. Because that's let's loving be, your neighbor is right, what yeah. some people would say. Yeah, that's loving your neighbors. Right. Let's just meet her needs. Let's just think about her. Yeah. Or let's just think about the baby even. And and it really manifests itself in just let's not talk about the hard truths mm-hmm. of the Bible. Let's not mm-hmm. talk about you know, God's judgment and all these mm-hmm. other things. Sin, repentance, none of Sin, that, because that'll make her feel bad. That'll make her feel bad. Right. That'll, you know, and so th- you see how it can manifest itself yes. in two extremes. Yeah. Violence. And this is going to this is going to solve the issue of abortion or just completely going soft and not even talking about sin. This is how it's going to this is how we're going to really help those women. Yeah. We God and having the things that God has put in place in order properly helps us to walk that tightrope that we're supposed to be walking of truth and grace. That's exactly what I was thinking there, which is why I think, honestly, not to toot our own horn, but I do think that our ministry has that balance. And I think it's because the focus is love God. And out of that motivation, you will speak with a tone of love, but it is not loving to deny truth and justice. Yeah. So you so you you have both. And it's right. a tension and and you're constantly moving back and forth between those two. But but if love of God is your primary motivation, then everything that happens there is something that no one and no result can take away from you because you love God and you're acting out of a love of God. And no matter what happens, if you're in your head, I'm doing this because I love you, Lord, then every moment you're standing before God loving him, he has gained the victory. He has been glorified. And you feel like you can come back to continue in that battle. Yeah. Yeah. Because just practically speaking, if you're standing out there day after day right. and you're not seeing babies saved yeah. and you're not having interactions or the only interactions you're having are negative interactions, what if, if these other things are your primary motivation, you're going to get derailed. You're right. going to get discouraged. Right. right. And listen, I'm not saying that there isn't times of discouragement. There are even if we're trying mm-hmm. to keep the mm-hmm. love of God as the chief. This is a tension mm-hmm. that we live in. Yeah. This is why we really need to be around other believers. If you're right. if you're out on the sidewalk and you're going to serve in that capacity as kind of like a lone wolf, that itself is going to derail you and discourage yes. you. You need other believers with you. You need to be a part of a church where you're yeah. getting encouragement and that sort of thing. You need to feast on the word of God yeah, because yeah. otherwise you, you, be you won't have anything to offer yeah. anyone. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, we we do want to encourage you guys. We do want to um, just help you guys along. We hope that this was helping you guys and just reminding you, just, just keep a love for God. You're out there because you love God. And whether you see results or not, you're out there in obedience to him. Because he's the King of Kings, he's the Lord of Lords, he's the one that saved you and redeemed you, and you're speaking out of a love for him and all these other things that are good motivations. Uh, don't compete for that that greatest of all motivations, right. a love for God. Right. 
Yeah. So we hope this was an encouragement to you guys. Um, we want to encourage you to reach out to us. You can reach me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. You can reach her, Vicki, at lovelife.org. If you have suggestions for other podcasts, we'd love to cover subjects that you would like for us to cover. We'd love to hear some feedback from you on these podcasts. And again, we'd love for you to share these podcasts with others. Um, But until next time, God bless. God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you.